I reckon I know what Jack Bruce will be cheering for. And they jump in the tab Everest on the weekend, a horse by Vancouver. Good morning, Jack. <laughs> morning, morning. Thanks for having me, Steve. Look, he's not, my, he's not a horse I jump into, but, geez, form lines are hard to knock and we all know he's going to lead for a long way over pass. Oh, yeah, I think he will. And um, there's a big cheer that went up at the barrier draw uh, last night when he drew barrier two. Obviously, he was the big firm. So it's really going to favour him being able to do that. And, um, yeah, like, obviously, it's exciting for Bjorn Baker and Derby Racing to... Um, you know, have him in the Everest again, and, and it's really good. And, yeah, look, I hope he runs well for them. And it's exactly right. I'll be cheering for cheering for the whole camp, absolutely. You look at his form lines. He defeated Amelia's jewel. Admittedly, she was outstanding in Perth and the quacker from out the back. But um, he rolled on speed. Not only Amelia's in that race, has Fuhrer and Uncommon James have run well behind Imperatrice since that race. He then ran second beat and a half length to Giga Kicker, a bit less than that, the Doom in 10,000, when he actually had to do a fair bit of work in the run. Then he ran second to Private Eye in the shorts first up the other day when he led and kicked and got beaten narrowly. So... It's hard yeah, to punch exactly. holes in his form, but he, everyone underrates well, him all to, the time. Yeah. Exactly. He has been un- underrated, and even Bjorn has sort of publicly said that he, he's underrated, but he just keeps delivering, and that's what he's become. He's just a good, hard-knocking racehorse, and that's what you need in those big races. You need that toughness at the end, and that's the way Bjorn trains, and that's the horse he's got. So I'm sure that uh, he'll acquit himself well on Saturday. He's not a horse, uh, Bjorn was saying, you can't ride pretty. Like, I know he was the other day to save him a bit for this race, but he's probably best to, to let run and try and get a few off the bit. Yeah, I would say so. That's the way he won the quokka, and uh, that's been his biggest successes have been that way. So I would suggest that will be the plan, and certainly the barrier draw he's got is going to allow him to do that. Of course, your relationship with Bjorn goes way back. You're really good mates, and you're in contact on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. Bjorn's very good to me. He gave me my start in Sydney racing and sort of shapes the way I operate quite a lot. He's been a good uh, sounding board through the years when I haven't been working for him. I've sort of been uh, just as close as when I have and obviously moving to Queensland and setting up my stable uh, on my own. I've needed plenty of wise counsel in that respect and Bjorn's always been a sort of ear and a sounding board and um a uh, couple of horses that he has sent up to me, he had small shares in. So uh, I've sort of said to him a few times, so just good to train you a winner, even if he has only kept 2.5%. But, you know, it's good, and it's always nice to have that person that, um, you know, he's been a steady presence for me for the last 10 years, so long that continue. Yeah, I was only thinking of his dad yesterday when I was looking back at some of the derbies in New Zealand and so on, and I wonder what he's doing now. And Murray, does Bjorn ever talk about his dad much? Yeah, well, Murray, Murray's in Cambridge and um, obviously retired from training and he's moved house. They're in a, a sort of a much more settled place and not as close to the track uh, as they were. And uh, I think Murray goes down and helps a bit at riding for the disabled. And, uh, yeah, he's always had a love for travel, Murray. So he's been on a couple of big holidays and um, I think he's enjoying, he's enjoying the retired life. I, I think he's a lot older than people think. Um, he's always sort of presented... Uh, a little bit younger. He's got plenty of um, plenty of miles on the odometer, Murray, so he deserves a good mm. retirement. We're going to talk about your runners at Ipswich today in a moment, but I see Steel My Thunder, for example, Sunny Coast and Cranky Harry's at Deegan. I mean, that must be not ideal. Oh, it actually hasn't been too bad. And funnily enough, when I took on the box at the Sunshine Coast, I sort of thought I was biting off quite a lot. But I'm lucky in that I've worked for trainers who have had multiple stables. And, I mean, even Bjorn used to say to me when, 
I was with him and we took a barn over the road. He said, mate, if we've got two barns 200 metres away, they may as well be 200 kilometres away because you're going to have to set them up the same. You're going to have to set up the systems and processes to make sure everything's done properly. You're going to have to monitor it the same as if they were that far away. So I've always uh, taken that view and I've set those stables up quite slowly and steadily. And I found it very good for the horses to be able to have multiple options. And I've had a few that have really benefited from being able to swap locations. Um, coincidentally, none of those are, are running on today. But on Saturday, for example, I had a filly called Pixa Beans, who uh, her early form was when she was trained at Deegan. She moved up to the sunny coast and really enjoyed it up there and found a new lease in life. And I've had the opposite to happen as well with horses like Surreal and Galifianakis. So... It is really interesting what you can see from horses when you put them in different environments. And I've been, uh, I suppose I've stumbled upon this little uh, so secret weapon I've got and trying to keep those horses happy. Uh, those barns, those new ones at Sunny Coast are quite outstanding. So what are your numbers, Sunny Coast v Deegan? Uh, so at the moment I've got uh, 36 at the Sunshine Coast and 24 at Deegan. And so I've taken on another barn at the Sunshine Coast, which is slowly filling up. So some stage I will have capacity for 46 at the Sunshine Coast and uh, the 24 at Deegan. So it's good and the numbers are steadily growing, which is good to see. And just on remote stables, of course, you work for Annabelle as a, a head trainer in Sydney for years at that um, satellite operation. Yeah, exactly. For yep. Karen Maher. And, um, Karen Maher, I'm sorry. I took Annabelle's job and she yep. went training on her own. And exactly right. It's all about having the systems and processes in place. You need to know what you need to be monitoring. You need to know what you can uh, leave to those who work underneath you and what responsibilities you can safely give them so that they enjoy their role and that they're effective in doing that. And, you know, what you, I suppose, shouldn't be interfering with and what you should allow to go with the flow and what structures you need to keep. So, um, yeah, once again, those experiences have been good and they've helped me. Yeah, cool. And Gata was one horse you looked after for um, quite a few, oh, quite a while. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. She was an absolute star. And once again, it was just about keeping in contact with Karen and making sure things were done properly. Well, one of the best placed horses seemingly today at Ipswich is one of yours, race seven, number six, Cranky Harry, James Orman, uh, the horse's third up. Is, is this his race to be competitive today? What do you think? I would like to think so. And, and third up, he's certainly ready to peak. I took a view at the start of the preparation. I wanted to try and get him sprinting because he's a cutest horse and I feel like he's got a reasonable level of ability. And I don't imagine he would uh, challenge for the win in a race like the King of the Mountain, but I thought he might be able to get in. But obviously that's a sprint race and I uh, felt like I'd need to start him off at 1,000 metres to do that. So that's the start of the preparation. He ran okay over a 1,000 with blinkers on, but it wasn't his wheelhouse as we saw at the races. So second up with a break between runs, 13.50, he was very good. So I'm going back to uh, what has worked with him, and those 1,400-metre distances are really perfect, and I think you'll see the best of him today. Third yeah, up. He was outside lead too, and there's a bit of pressure in that race, and the winner made the fit who's talented. A Kelly Sweet had just had the sitting shot in the box seat that day, and he wasn't beaten far. I think that was the difference, and also I think Cranky Harry was 1,000 to 13.50 second up, and that probably just told late in the piece. So I think you're going to see some natural improvement from him today, and hopefully that translates into racetrack results. I'm a good judge. I was doing Ross Ovo's videos this morning, and I thought, oh, this horse is looking for ground, but he's running it back in trip to 13.50. Um, Rosovo today. He looks like a big gawky sort of horse. It's a bit one pace, but what are you thinking? Yeah, well, that's what he's been. He's been a little bit tricky because James Cummings had 
uh, got him out and tripped to a degree. And I bought him online with the view that he would get out and trip. Uh, but what's actually happened is I've taken the view that his best run for me was first up 13.50. And I think he's going to be a little bit better kept on the fresher side over these sprint trips. He can rattle home from the back. Now, I don't know whether he'll do that forever. Uh, but certainly this preparation, that's what I'm going to try and do with him to make him effective. I felt like I rushed him out to a mile earlier in his prep and he was sort of a bit plain. So um, that's certainly the view I'm taking and I hope that that works. Ipswich is probably not his track. The wide draw doesn't help, but running today sets us up for a nice race in three weeks. So yeah. that is the plan. He'll give a good account of himself today. It's just that the map is probably not great for him. Yeah, he ran well at Eagle Farm, but he was just a bit sluggish out of the gates and so on. He sort of settled back on the fence, didn't he, last yeah, he can be. he can be sluggish, which doesn't help. And, yeah, he's a bit of his own worst enemy. Sometimes he doesn't quite travel on the bridle, so... I'm hoping those blinkers will assist him that I felt like they did last uh Now, steal my thunder. Go as fast as you can for as long as you can. One of these 800 scampers drawn the inside. What are you thinking? Yeah, correct. Well, she can't go as fast as she can for no, very she long. she flew the other day uh, last start up front. Um, yeah, exactly. She, and, she's, and she's, you know, she had come to me from Sydney and basically that's what I had been told. I mean, Bjorn had had her early days and actually had a reasonable opinion of her but felt she was soft and disappointing and that was certainly what Nathan Doyle had said when she came. So I had focused on the 800-metre races. After she won two of them, we got a bit... Uh, bold and tried her over the thousand which didn't work so back to the 800 barrier one helps metropolitan grade is not ideal uh, but i want to give her her shot at it she's fast for a short period of time so if she can cling on good luck to her but there is a few in the race that I, she's going to find difficult All to right, beat. but will she hold up and try and maintain the inside I'd like to, yeah. I just yeah. think she's got it. She's just got to do it one way. She's got to go hard and hope it works. Yeah. yeah. Of course, just let our yeah. listeners know she led and really ran along last up. But that was the 1,000 Sunshine Coast and got tired at about the, the 180 or the 200. Today's a different story. Back to 800. Good luck today, Jack. Awesome. Thanks very much, Steve, and thanks for having me. Good luck with Overpass. Thank you. Might, you. You might be good for a snip if it wins. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Bruce joining us. So today, Ipswich. A very speedy horse, Steal My Thunder. It'll be there for a way, uh, race six, number 11. Uh, but we mainly wanted to focus on this one. Uh, Cranky Harry Jack making a great case for him today. Race seven, six is 2.40. And look for Rosovo to be ridden conservatively and finding the line with that nose roll on from back in the field. Uh, Archer Park, a lot of owners involved in uh, carries the Archer Park colours. Uh, Rosovo. So race seven, six, Cranky Harry Orman and Jay Huxtable on the stablemate number nine, Rosovo. Yep, an overpass, you go through his whole career, he's often the underdog, you know, when he when he wins. He's, uh, interesting, I remember um, Scott Darby telling us the story recently when he won at Orange, that silver apple, his second start. It wasn't that, it wasn't a flash win. Um, he debuted at Hawkesbury, second to Glen Eagles, then he won at Orange. And then I think BM wanted to spell him, and I think um, the Derby boys from... Um, yeah, obviously Derby Racing wanted to said to be, you know, let's just give him one more and see what you think. And he, then he came out and won at Warwick Farm. And then he won again at Gosford. Um, and then, of course, they headed up to Brisbane for the Sires. He ran fourth to Tiger of Malay. And he had enough when he got to the Atkins. Distance may have been too far, the mile behind Converge. That was in 21. And then, of course, uh, he, came, he started winning sort of from the next year onwards. Um, he won the Expressway in Jan. He was $10.00. Two starts later, he won at Flemington. Uh, he was actually odds on. That was the English sprint. Um, so obviously well graded against those English graduates. 
Um, but some of his wins, yeah, he's been a big odds right through. Uh, he was $12 when he won the Quokka, as I said, in WA. He was, um, what was he last start? He was underestimated when he ran second. So, yeah, he's won six races at, at this stage uh, over pass.